Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Friday Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, we are joined this morning by the spectacular Ivy Riggs of our legislative team. Good morning, <sighs> Ivy. Good morning. Um, so let's get right into it. There's been a whole bunch of activity at the Capitol this week. Um, let's start off with good news for support staff. Yes, Senate Bill 807 uh, passed off of the House floor and is headed to the governor's desk. Uh, it protects support employees in the in the event of another pandemic Hopefully, we will Let's never not. need this bill. Let's not. Let's but uh, certified staff are, are protected in law where they continue to get paid uh, as as schools and, and communities are working out how they want to handle that. Uh, that super smooth start last spring that we had uh, to this pandemic. And support employees were not protected by law. So yep. uh, they, they officially in law cannot get paid if they're not working. So that was a big deal. Uh, they, those folks, we our schools don't run without them, and we've got yep. to protect them. That is the truth. So that goes to the governor. Goes to the governor. All right. Um, Fingers crossed. We've we've had a lot of conversation over the past couple of weeks about Senate Bill six thirty four, which is a payroll deduction bill targeting education organizations. What's the status of that? It is eligible to be heard on the House floor at any time. It has not been put on an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, if, in fact, it does get put on an agenda, it can be heard within 24 hours of that placement mm-hmm. um, until the very last day when there is no time limit, and that is next Thursday. Oh, okay. So uh, this coming Thursday, I guess. Uh, There's no time limit for the last day? That yeah, seems in- because, chaotic and terrible. Well, it is. <laughs> I mean... Ripe for shenanigans. Right? It like, is. That's just, oh, my it God. Is. Um, you know, we know this is a governor priority bill, and so I'm sure behind-the-scenes conversations are going yeah. on. We have continued to have those behind our own behind-the-scenes conversations, so not mm-hmm. all of those conversations are bad. <laughs> uh, we sometimes talk about how nefarious they are, but we also, you know, lots of decisions are made. A, a, a win for us is it not being heard. Yeah. And, and a ton of our moderate, common-sense, public-ed legislators do not want to have to vote on this bill. Yeah. It's, it, it will be seen as a vote against leadership if they vote against it. Mm-hmm. It, will see, it will be seen as a vote against teachers if they vote for it. Yep. So that puts them in a, in a pretty crummy spot. But um, who do they represent? I, I'm not arguing with Were you, they Alicia. elected to represent the governor and his will? <laughs> no. Those are appointees to the state school board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, who who do his bidding there? Right. So our legislators need to vote their constituents. So, Agreed. So speaking of that, OEA has um, done some digging about the cost of that of, of this bill because um, a lot of times it's like, oh, well, it's only this small thing or this small change or this administrative whatever, but that adds up. Yeah, it does. Seven million dollars, yeah, uh, statewide. We are we figured in super large districts, uh, seventy thousand, mm-hmm. and in you know, and then in smaller districts because it doesn't just affect OEA; it affects every association that is related to education. So that's COSA. That's you know, yeah. Um, OSSBA doesn't payroll deduct. So, but I feel like that maybe there are some things we could spend seven million dollars on. 
post-pandemic. I've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Call Alicia directly. Some, yes. She'll tell you. Well, and, and combined with the funding formula changes that the governor has yeah. already signed that yeah. passed earlier in session, you know, there are just so many unknowns going into this school year and the next school year. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to get a little bit too, uh, I, I guess, comfortable with CARES Act funds coming and whatever the second mm-hmm. package was called that I cannot yeah. think of right now. The other CARES. The other act <laughs> funding. Um, it has an R. <laughs> no. So so <laughs> my fear, my fear, you know, they keep saying they're not going to supplant. And and I yeah. don't think that they are. That conversation is not happening that I know of. Uh, good, good conversations are happening about school funding. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if I'm a superintendent and I don't know what school year 2022 is going to look like because there's no way to know what your funding is going to be because right. we've changed the way we fund. <laughs> right. Then I'm going to be real hesitant to spend that CARES Act money on one-time stuff that how am I going to renew it? So yeah. reading specialists, counselors, all yeah. the things we know we need in our schools. So, um, well, and several schools are already starting to, um, not rehire sure. those, uh, those that were hired on a temporary contract. Yes. They're, um, yeah. they're looking at RIF policies. Mm-hmm. I know districts that have let administrators go so that there's a, uh, one to 700 student ratio oh, that's at a school. Oh with gosh. administration to students, that's, that's, no one wins. So, no yeah, one that's wins not good scenario. for kids. Nobody. You know, I, you couldn't, you could not pay me to be a superintendent right now. Yeah, um, no it, easy choices. No bad, bad, and worse choices to make. And so, um, you know, I think at this time, I'm hoping our members and our local leaders are being partners with those administrators. I know it's it's difficult in times like this, but um, another seven million dollars to circle back around to Senate Bill six thirty four being terrible. Uh, another seven million dollars is just the last thing anyone yeah. needs right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, the loss of another seven million dollars. There's a there are a bunch of like little things that are going on. Just that we I want to I want us to like sort of hit quickly about different things happening. Um, Senate Bill One Twenty Six. Um, it affects private schools, but I just think this is interesting for us to talk about. So, what does that do? Sure, Senate Bill One Twenty Six is a it, it's. Clarifying discrimination language for any school, any private school that takes Lindsay Nicole Henry scholarship dollars. So these are state dollars, a a voucher, if you will, uh, of a child that uh, says they're not getting served properly in their public school. They take their voucher and go to a private school. Mm -hmm. And evidently, they were not allowed to discriminate on enough areas, in enough Mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. So now it has been clarified that they can... They can not discriminate on race, color, or national origin, but they may discriminate on any other basis. Alicia, do you have any feelings about this? <laughs> I have all the feelings about this. <laughs> Alicia might pop. I had run out of blood pressure medicine. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> John went and picked it up yesterday, so I'm back on. So you on, can answer. So I'm not going to stroke can, out right yeah, now. Yeah, good. How, how do you, like... I mean, why wouldn't we discriminate against uh, gender? Right. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I think that uh, that if I want to pick um, pick all girls mm-hmm. for my school and 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 discriminate against everybody else, then I should be able to do that. I mean, this goes not. This goes back to vouchers, though. Yeah, it, it does go back to vouchers, and it goes back to. Um, groups that make money off of running those vouchers through their business and 
And um, it's just, it's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate for our kids yeah. to, to pick winners and losers in such a manner. Um, speaking of malarkey, um, <laughs> Senate Bill 895 was up for a vote this week. Um, can you give us a look into that? That has to do with auditing, right? It does. It, uh, Senate Bill 895 uh, was a bill that, that was going to allow state agencies to choose the auditor of their choice. Of their choice. That's, that's choosing that's two, a lot of two things. Two chooses but in one sentence. <laughs> it's a choosy. To pick the auditor of their choosing. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, and not use the state auditor in the state auditor's office, which is incredibly transparent because they don't like a few of the decisions the state auditor has made recently. Yeah. You know, I, I spoke with a legislator that brought it up to me mm. yesterday, and, and he said, you know, if it's a small one that has a million-dollar budget, a couple million-dollar budget, and they want to pay a CPA, I think a CPA could probably handle that. I get where the state auditor, maybe they don't want to wait that long. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a waiting list. But if you're talking about healthcare authority, if you're talking about DHS, if you're yeah. talking about the State Department of Ed, no way yeah. that, that you're going to find an independent person that's as qualified as the person that is, number one, been statewide elected yes. by the people in this state, and that... Uh, that stand on transparency. And, and this was a moderate R Republican telling me this. Yeah. And I could not agree more. And so I was real, real tickled that it went down real hard in committee. Three to 40. Three yeses, 40 noes. What did four, or four to 30. Four yeses. Numbers are hard for are me. Are you serious? As four we, to 30? Four to 30. Yes. Oh, Holy macaroni. Yes. Yes. That is. So we haven't really been talking about that bill. To be honest, it's a big deal. But there are so many other things that are a big deal right now. It's right. just, uh, it, it kind of got lost in the weeds and there were so many other groups really, really working hard on that. But let's talk about an underlying issue with that. If there is a backlog because the auditor's office isn't funded well enough. How about that? Uh, to hire what? enough auditors to complete the audits that have been requested of mm -hmm. them, then our legislature needs to look at that and be a little bit introspective, I'm guessing. <laughs> You know, I, I think that goes down to just core services, uh, funding our core services yes. in general, right? Yeah. I mean, we could get we could get real snarky about the funding of, of particular agencies and the cuts that they've seen over the last few years. I was going to get snarky about introspection, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I did not get the memo of the snark this morning. I apologize. Um, you know, I, we're I mean, I bring on a pendant square <laughs> of snark. <laughs> You know, I, I think uh, I think I think this kind of moves into what I'd like to just mention quickly is is the, you know they're in budget talks right now, right? Yeah. The, uh, they're they're talking about tax cuts. They're talking about um, bringing back you know hitting the hitting the mark of uh, maybe bringing back the class size mandate from ten seventeen. Oh man! If we if we fund enough to education, but again, I think we go to all of those unknowns. So so funding the auditor's office isn't any different than funding the State Department of Ed for us, right? right? right. It's, it's, it's all in that same conversation. And so our, our priorities as a state seem to be a bit fuzzy right now. You know, and, and I will say that the State Auditor's Office benefits education directly. Like education, as we have seen in the past year, has needed the State Auditor. I mean, yeah. what they took a look at with EPIC. Transparency um, and accountability. Yeah. Right I mean, there. Like, I mean, anytime we need to make sure that our state dollars are doing what they're supposed to be doing, but especially now, um, as we're underfunded per usual. Um, we had a group of citizens that 
signed a petition. That's right. Oh yeah. To, that's right. Um, to have their state, uh, to have their local school district funds audited. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's an important piece. Yep. So I wish some more things were happening. I wish some more things were going on. <laughs> I wish that you wouldn't say things like that out loud. (laughs) Well, thank you, Ivy, for the work that you're doing, and thank you for taking time to talk with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, now we are joined by Ashley Donnerman, Chair of the Oklahoma School Libraries Division of the Oklahoma Library Association. Ashley, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're great. Doing good. Um, So we are so excited to have you on today to talk uh, about school librarians in light of National Librarian Day. Um, So for folks who maybe uh, don't know or haven't been in school for a while, um, what does life look like for school librarians today? Uh, School librarian, our day is very busy. We could do anything from book talking with kids and checking books out Mm -hmm. to teaching classes, facilitating um, the use of technology, mm-hmm. uh, helping students in maker spaces. You name it, we can do it in a day. It seems like there the you know, not fewer card catalogs, more <laughs> more electronics. Like the role yes. it seems like it has changed a lot even since when I was in school. Yes, we've moved. Um, we don't have the physical card catalog, but sure. we still yeah. do have the online card catalog that we encourage students to use to find uh, books and resources in the library. But a lot has moved um, from print to digital as well. So what about the pandemic? This year, uh, I, I know that my uh, my kindergartner this week got to check out her first book from the library, like a normal trip to the library, and she was pumped. Um, how are school librarians solving that issue? Um, have they, how, how have you guys been doing this year? Um, this year has definitely been a theme of flexibility. Sure, um, yeah. We've pivoted in lots of different ways. I know in my own library, I've had like three different models of how kids check out books just in this school year alone based oh, wow. on um, where we were at as a county and um, with, with COVID. And so librarians are doing everything from taking books to the classroom, uh, meeting with classes via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our students come in. And they can check out books, but we kind of try to limit how many students are in the library at a time. Right. Uh, I have friends who have done curbside service where students can reserve either they can either reserve books online or they can drive up and make a quick selection from uh, what the librarians have there. So if there's a way to get books or resources in a kid's hand, we are going to be finding a way to do that. Librarians are very creative. That is awesome, and it is just another example of the way our educators are going above and beyond to yeah. make sure that kids have what they need yep. to um, to have success in education, uh, and and it gives me all the feels. So thank <laughs> you for that. Um, I I wanted to talk to you about um, you know getting to read all the books that the kids read. Like oh yeah. Do, I, How do you make time for that in the day? Because you are a librarian for pre-K through seventh grade. So that's Mm -hmm. quite a span of books. Um, How do you keep up with it all and know know what the kids are going to like? Well, um, now, contrary to popular belief, I have not read everything in my library. Oh, come on. (laughs) Let let your students think that. It's fine. Let them think that. (laughs) 
yeah, but uh, I have read a lot and um, just trying to trying to make time, like you said, during my day, a, uh, some of that's at school, but a lot of that's at home and on my free time. Yeah. Um, reading the books that are in the library and then also looking over reviews um, online. Oh yeah. To see what, like, what looks good. What do I think my kids will be interested in? And also I follow a lot of different librarians on social media yeah. um, to kind of get a feel for what other kids are looking at as well, or not just in Oklahoma, but around the country. And I get a lot of great book ideas that way uh, going, Oh, I really think my students would be interested in this book because we're, yeah. we're talking about this topic and yeah. let me pull that and find that. So it's, um, it's good time management and then just being willing to kind of hunt around and look and see what resources you can find. What's some, what is uh, one of your favorites that you've read recently? Like new book that you've just, you've just read. New books that I just read. Um, it would have to be The Couch Potato by, uh, I believe it's Jory John. Yeah. Um, and it's in a series with The Bad Seed, oh, The Good okay. Egg, yeah. and The Cool Bean. Yeah. Um, where he just like, he sits on the couch all day and is, you know, grow, he grows little uh, eyes and little spikes and he, he figures out that it, you know, sitting on the couch is okay, but then his electricity goes out because he has like millions of screens in there. And then he's going out and he's walking his dog, which I think is a French fry. Um, <laughs> That's, adorable. That's adorable. Oh, the puns in there are amazing. Um, and he figures you know, it's okay to, it's okay to sit and watch TV and, you know, do screens a little bit, but it's also great to be outside and do things differently, which is, I love that whole series because they're showing kids, it's not all black and white. It's not all, you're only this or you're only that. Right, right. It's, there's a gray area and you can be a little bit of both and it's okay. Awesome. You know, one of the things I love just as a parent is, is watching my kids interact with stories, you know, whether we're reading out loud or they're reading on their own and then talking to me about it. Um, it's so, it's so cool to see them get excited and I love reading together. And there's, there's a lot of great, like, I mean, not for pre-K. Well, I mean, I guess you can be into that if you want to read that as an adult, but like, there's a lot of really great middle grade readers that we've, that we've read that I've enjoyed just as an, an adult, as a grown up. Like, are there books that you have been sort of wrapped up in where you're like, oh, this is like, yes, for me, like also for school, but like an author, or like a series that you have really, really enjoyed? Um, I really have enjoyed the Kristen O'Donnell Tubbs books. Um, she's put out Dog Like Daisy, which is, uh, it's the story's told from a dog's perspective uh -huh. and she is working with, um, an army veteran who has PTSD and they're trying to get, oh, wow. see if they can get her certified to do that. And it's kind of walks through it, but it gives you the dog's perspective. I love that. She's done story collector, which tells the story of kids that live in the New York city public library. I believe it's back in the thirties. Oh wow! Um, and each one of the chapter titles is a different Dewey decimal classification that goes along. So you're with what the chapter is focused on. Yeah. You're she's got some really <laughs> neat ones. That's cool. <laughs> You know, I, I taught middle school for, well, I taught elementary school for 12 years and then middle school for six. But um, 
when I was teaching middle school, I had a group of boys who needed extra help Mm -hmm. and were not strong readers. Mm -hmm. And my job was to work with them on goal setting and reading and things like this and, um, and trying to find books for seventh grade boys that would, that would not pick up a book on their own (laughs) Mm. and to find the books that sparked that love of reading Mm -hmm. with them is one of the best things. It's the best gifts you can give a child is, is to help them with that. And um, I remember one of my students loved the Cirque du Freak books. Oh yeah. And so I read them so that we could have conversations about them. And, Mm -hmm. um, and he just, he just lit up talking about getting to read those books and he couldn't put them down. Yeah. What's it like for you when you experience that with your students? Uh, it like it it truly is like Misha said the best feeling in the world when you can get a kid to connect with a book and to connect with the characters and the story and yeah. just kind of like it's like they found their people they found their thing yes this is awesome yeah I mean it it's like a whole world has opened up to them and you can kind of see them light up and change and it's so I mean it it really is the best feeling I wish everybody could experience it. Yeah, because when they find that spark and they find that connection, it's amazing. I've got a student at school now who has been struggling um, with with reading, and he's discovered the Who Would Win series. And it's like anytime he comes in, <laughs> he's doing a small little lecture series to whoever will be <laughs> near him and whoever will like just maybe kind of make eye contact. He's He's giving them all the facts and all the information and walking them through it. And we're like, whoa, whoa, don't tell me yet. Let them like, <laughs> read it to figure it out. But he, I mean, he's just found that spark and he's found what interests him and has engaged him. And it's it's incredible to see the change in him through that process. You know, when you were describing the Couch Potato book, um, which I authored and it's an autobiography. <laughs> um, but when you when you talk about that book, I mean, it's so timely. Um What are you seeing in kids when, you know, this year has been so different, you know, even, even for kids who've been full-time all year, it's so different for everybody. Um, And it seems like the battle between screens and reading or screens and being outdoors is so, um, it's really brought to the forefront, I think, for parents and educators. Um, What do you see this year when it comes to that? Um, It is a little bit more of a challenge to get kids in the library a little bit, at least at my school, because mm-hmm. they are like, oh, we're doing screens or, you know, we're doing whatever. But yeah. I'm trying really hard to, okay, you want to be on a screen? Well, let's look at our online catalog. Let's look at our yeah. ebooks or yeah. let's use OverDrive. Let's connect with the public library. Yeah. Let's look at Epic. How can I, how can I take what you want to do and I can make it work for the both of us? Cool. That's uh, way to go. You know, <laughs> please come to my house. <laughs> my husband will hate me for saying this, but we make fun of him because he likes to read teenage dystopian uh, novels. Same. Like oh, like Hunger so Games good. and, you know, uh, Unwind and all yeah. those kinds of things. So he had asked for a book for his birthday. So we go to Full Circle Bookstore and we're, you know, trying to find a, an appropriate uh dystopian novel for him to read and my daughter's like oh my favorite author has a new book out and I didn't even know can I get it and I like to act like it's a big deal to buy her a book when we're 
when when we're shopping for him. Yeah. And uh, and all the while I'm like, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> buying a <Yep>. book. <laughs> it's the best. Um, why do you think that librarians are still important? Why is it a position that still matters in the modern world? Because librarians are your best weapon in a school. We are a population that gets to serve. I get to see all students in my building. I don't just have my class of 25 students, which that's perfect for the classroom teacher because they really get to hunker down and know those kids super well. Yeah. But I get to see the entire spectrum of students and I get to work with them and see them on a continuum and I can touch multiple classrooms. If you're not super proficient at something, whether it's technology or maybe yeah. you're studying castles and you need you need some resources on that, you have a dedicated person in your building that will work for you and will help you. They will help you find resources. Yeah. They will help you yeah. figure out the technology. They'll, they will try stuff. If you ever are nervous to, or scared to try something, go find your librarian. Mm-hmm. We are more than willing to test it out, to play it out. We might know what it is that you've, that you're trying to use and we're familiar with it, or we're just willing to go, you know, I've never done it before, but let's play with it. Let's yeah. figure it out and see what we can do. Yeah. Um, we like, it's, it's maybe the best position I think selfishly in the building because <laughs> I, because you get to see everybody and you yeah. get to be a part of everything and you're a resource person for the whole building. We can touch every student and every faculty member. Yeah. Um, uh, which is a, a position that's so unique, unlike any other position in the mm-hmm. school where you kind of get in your classroom and you hunker down and you might not see anybody else from your grade level sure. or from another area of the building during the day. And I can see everybody or several different people from all over the building and make connections and be a part of several different classrooms versus just my own. So we agree that that the staffing of a librarian is uber important, but every time we're at a state school board meeting, we see waivers being passed on um, school librarian issues. Why, why do you think that is? Are our are, are districts not hiring librarians? Is it a funding thing? Is it a, yeah. Is it all of the things? To some degree, I think it's all of the things. Um, I really, I really wish those districts would invest invest in a librarian and see what they can do for you. Because mm-hmm. it, studies have shown if you have a full-time certified librarian available to your students and as, as a thriving part of your school community, your test scores increase. Because mm-hmm. we're not only mm-hmm. just teaching reading skills, we're teaching information technology skills. We're, make, we're helping your students develop critical thinking skills to be future ready, ready for college, mm-hmm. uh, teaching them how to see if sources are reliable if you know is this website I'm looking at is it credible you know anybody can do a google search right if you want good results you need to know how to look through the results you're given and go okay that's probably somebody's blog probably not what I am looking for here (laughs) yeah so I mean it, it makes my heart incredibly sad that so many schools are on waivers or they've decided, you know, we really don't need anybody in the library. They just, I mean, they just check out books. No, we don't just <laughs> right. check out books. Right. Like we do so much more 
let us show you what we can do and let us show you what impact we can have on your school community and climate and classrooms. Turn us loose, please. <laughs> Ashley Donnerman taking us to church. <laughs> yep. <Yes>. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for your time and, you, and happy National Librarian Day to you. Thank you. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. Do, 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 do. All right. So it is crunch time in session, as you heard our LPO uh, partners say. And we have a lot to um, to listen to, yes. to watch out for. Uh, shucking and all of those things. <laughs> it's an actual term. Yeah. Although I like to say it in a, you know, somewhat profane way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with because it's cussing without cussing, which is my favorite. <laughs> um, so we'll be watching, and when we reach out to you, we need we'll need action immediately. Yeah. So um, so make sure you're checking your emails uh, at least once a day to to see what we so, need. So many shenanigans. So many shenanigans, and so many opportunities for yes. shenanigans. Yes. And so many people who like shenanigans. It seems <laughs> so. Um, also, this is the Wednesday is the last day to nominate somebody for the Oklahoma Classroom Heroes. That's our uh, partnership with Landers Auto Group, OU Athletics, and OEA. And this is the exciting part. Um, we will be giving that uh, that prize away. It's a thousand dollars. Yes. To please. to the winner. Yes. Um, and uh, but. We will be at the fan zone at the OU Spring football game celebrating all of our Oklahoma classroom heroes and uh, Landers Auto Group and OU Athletics. We're going to be giving away school supplies at the fan zone. Yes. So if you are in or around the Norman area, come by. <laughs> and running low, like literally everyone right now. <laughs> right, right. Come by and get you some school supplies. Yes. Uh, we're, we're excited to do that. Uh, hopefully it's going to be a beautiful day. Yeah, that'll be fun. But don't forget to nominate your Oklahoma Classroom Heroes, the pre-K through fifth grade teacher, by Wednesday at okclassroomheroes.com. Love to celebrate our uh, good news in yes. the classroom. And um, and happy National Librarians Day. Yes. Uh, you know, reading is fundamental, as they Everything. have said for years. Yes. Man, we have been reading some seriously excellent books at home. And I'm going to tell, like, this is a shameless, like, NEA list promo. But they put out a list. Read Across America puts out a list of um, books by grade group, mm -hmm. elementary, middle, and high school readers. And I, I bought several of the books on the middle grade readers, and they have all been exceptional. They, I mean, exceptional. Fantastic. And not only that, they're representative of our students. Yes. yes. So so our black and brown students mm -hmm. will see themselves as, yeah. as characters in the books. And, and this is a way to include all all cultures and all peoples in your classroom. It's so important. Man, the, there's a book on the list that we that we read um, a couple of books ago called The Bridge Home. I sobbed. Like, I had to be like, excuse me, children, that I'm reading out loud to. Like, sorry, girls. Mommy needs to go and just sob into this pillow, and then I'll finish reading the book. <laughs> They're <laughs> so good. We were doing silent reading one day in class, mm -hmm. and... Um, and I just started, like, I couldn't <laughs> contain it. And my students were like, 
Are you okay? <laughs> like, yes, this book is it's, so sad. It's very it's emotional so point. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, Miss Priest, put down couch potato. They're, like, <laughs> they're bringing me cheeses and chocolate later. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. That is super sweet. I mean, oh. middle school gets a bad name, but they are fantastic. Yes. Well, the middle grade readers from the Read Across America list are too, they're too emotionally in, involved for me. So what's your all-time favorite book? Oh, that that we've read that we've read this year. Just period. Just oh, your, your all time. That's an impossible. Book. Well, the outsiders. Oh, the outsiders. Yeah, I read that. That's a good one. I read that in middle school sometime, and I've probably read it ten times. I will read it a million times, I'm sure. And the movie. I want to go to the Outsiders House in Tulsa. This is my absolute favorite. 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 I loved Jane Eyre. I haven't read I, it. I read it Pass. in eighth or ninth grade. Did you? Yes, and I it's loved a party it. Book. Kenna read it a couple of um, oh this year, I think, and she really liked it. Except for it was it's long, <laughs> and she's like, "Mom, it's so long." I'm done with this, and I'm like, "Well, you could have been assigned like I was, Wuthering Heights one year." <laughs> See, that's why I'm like, "No, no, no." I'm I couldn't not. even make it through the cliff notes. Yeah, like no. it well, was. I, I was bored out of my mind and hated that book. It's not. It's no one's favorite. It, it was if not. It, you know yeah. what? If it's your favorite, please, please reach out to us. <laughs> and we would like to interview you because we've got some questions. Yeah, yes. You know, the the best books that we've read recently have been um, Into the Tall, Tall Grass oh. by L'Oreal Ryan. It is based in New Mexico and has all, it's just, it has, it has, it has everything. It has, it has everything. everything. It has like sort of this like mystical family lore and New Mexico lore and it's about sisters who are in seventh grade. My my middle schooler loved it. And then we read the book Refugee. That one, it follows families who are refugee families in World War II, a Cuban family in the 90s, and then a Syrian family today. I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I could not do it. I like, that was another one where I had to take a sob break into the pillow as yeah. I'm reading at bedtime. It's okay, girls. I know. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. Like, they're like, can we read Dr. Seuss or something? You need to calm it down. Oh my gosh. So, so much, so much good reading out there to be had. So, but that's, to, it's reading is such a good way to not just exercise your mind, but exercise your feelings yes. and your empathy for others. Yes. And, you know, use your mind's eye. Yes. Yes. As opposed to seeing something, hearing it and seeing it at the same time, you get to. De- you get to describe for yourself right. what that really looks like. And we have all had enough screen time. Yes, we have. All of us. So happy National Librarians Day to all of our wonderful library media specialists out there, including Ashley Dodderman, chair of the Oklahoma School Libraries Division of the Oklahoma Library Association. Um, we want to say thank you also to Ivy Riggs of our Legislative Center for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next Friday. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.